welcome to Girls Rules, Episode 4. Today's discussion will be on conventions. We'll discuss our experiences and hopefully provide some tips and tricks to make it a more enjoyable experience for you in the future. If you've never attended a convention, hopefully we'll get you interested in trying one out. I think it's one of the greatest ways to meet people with similar interests, and there's definitely something to be said about geeking out in mass, regardless of the focus. My guests include my core girls, Jed and M.A. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. We're also joined this time by Swoopy and by Andrea. You might know Andrea as Cat from Twitter. These are two ladies who have attended a number of conventions and I believe will have valuable insight to offer. Swoopy, if you'd start by introducing yourself and let folks know where you reside on the internet. Oh, hey, I'm Swoopy and I do a podcast called Skepticality. I've been doing that for about five years. I'm online on Facebook, conveniently as Swoopy, and the same goes for Twitter. Very cool. Andrea? I'm Andrea, and my blog is newvintage.wordpress.com. That's where all those gorgeous costumes come from. I know, right? They're not costumes. I wear them every day. <laughs> Everyday clothing. I'm sorry. That's her right. wardrobe. <laughs> that's what I'm so jealous about. I want her wardrobe. Yeah. And I think, Jed and M.A., you guys are good with the resume that we've already put out for you guys? Oh, yeah. Yep, all good. Although, Jed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you tease even though you don't want to. Jet has something coming up that we can hopefully talk about on the next episode. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. <laughs> Potentially. We'll see. Now, I'd like to go down the line, if y'all don't mind, and have everybody share how long you've been attending cons, which ones you've been to, either as an attendee or as a participant. And Swoopy, let's start with you. Oh, gosh. You know, it's funny. Once you start going to cons of various shapes and sizes, you kind of feel like you've always been going to conventions, but really I've only been going to conventions for maybe the last 10 years or so. I've been to a number of, of small conventions, and that includes you know things that aren't what we consider sci-fi and stuff like that, and a lot of meetups and a lot of like unconferences and things like that for various nerdy things, but of course the, the big conference that I go to every year because it's in my hometown is Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. And I started really attending Dragon Con when I moved to Atlanta in 2004. And so that's kind of my, everybody's got their home con where, you know, even though you feel at home with nerds anywhere, where I really feel at home. And uh, now I'm actually, I've been a director of the podcasting track at Dragon Con since 2005. Mm-hmm. And the co-director of the skeptics track at Dragon Con since we started doing that in 2007. So not only, you know, am I a participant, I'm, I'm now part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the solution, hon, the solution. Working on it. <laughs> Andrea, how about you? My first con was Dragon Con in 2006. And <laughs> I've been to Dragon Con and Balticon. Very cool. M.A.? I've been an attendee and participant at Balticon since 2007. I've also done what used to be called Wizard World Philly, and now it's Philly Comic Con. Mm -hmm. I've been there twice, and I was just at Otacon last weekend. So, And I've been to a couple other small gaming cons in the Philadelphia area and RavenCon as well. And we did Farpoint this year. Oh, and we did Farpoint this year. That's right. And Jet, how about you? 
Uh, let's see. I've been only going to conventions for about three years. RavenCon and Balticon are the two that I frequent most often. This year, I was able to add a few to my uh, scheduling this year. I've been to MarsCon and StellarCon, and in the near future, I will be attending PhilCon. Yay! <laughs> MA approves. Yes. Well, she's coming to see me, so. True. I have been to Balticon and DragonCon and Farpoint and PAX East. This last year they did the first PAX on the East Coast and we went to that. And I've only been going for three years. Chooch and I just started going around the same time we started podcasting. So I'm I'm pretty new to all of this. And, and you know, I've got to just throw this out there. In one of the big panels at PAX East with the, Penny, the two Penny Arcade guys during a Q&A, there were so many people that just stood up and said, thank you for putting this together because I live in a small town at wherever and I don't know anybody else that likes this stuff. And I come here and there's thousands of people that I can talk to about the same thing. So it's just one of those things where we kind of take it for granted if we're in a bigger area where we can find other geeks and people with similar interests. But there are people out there that really rely on these conventions for like once a year to be able to really be themselves and talk about mm-hmm. what they care about. So conventions mm-hmm. are pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about what are favorites and least favorites and why. If you've had a particularly bad experience, whether it was, you know, organization or for some other crazy reason that you had a bad experience. Jet, let's start with you this time. Bad experience. Well, I really haven't ever had, knock on wood, uh, <laughs> bad experiences you get a few little hang-ups here and there there's not enough space in a room and you have to park on the floor or things like that really the bad things that don't have to be con related are always the hangovers after the parties (laughs) (laughs) that that's that's the worst that i would have to say is the problem with conventions you party a little too hard and then you can't get up for that panel the next morning that you yeah, really wanted you have to, to attend. Blow off panels to recuperate. Oh, put the blackout lights on. Yeah. Well, which would you say is your very favorite con that you've been to and why? Oh, let's see. Balticon's always my favorite. Yeah. There are tons there are tons of people. It's not overly crowded like I would imagine Dragon Con to be. I've never been, so I wouldn't know. But there's always somebody to talk to there's always someone to hang out with there are panels all the time the the dealer's room is great the con suite's great and so all around i think balticon's my my choice for best convention that i've been to so how about you andrea favorites and least favorites at least well the convention atmosphere seems to bring out drama in people. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I've had several bad conventions that ended up with one or more people crying. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, part of it is the fact that we, maybe we don't know these people as well as we think we do, we all get together. Yeah. We're getting to know people much better and things happen. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of my favorite con, Dragon Con will probably always be my favorite uh, simply because 
I really enjoy the celebrity programming and kind of the official activities. Yeah. I don't like fan panels and fan programming at all. So uh, conventions like Balticon have nothing for me. Yeah, and that's just, you know, I like going to Dragon Con and being able to see, uh, you know, William Shatner and, <laughs> you know, riding the elevator with Eric Estrada and having him call me sweetheart and, <laughs> and you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's not going to happen at Balticon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, at Balticon, as long as I've been going, I've never even known who the guests were. Like they were names I'd never even heard of. Yeah. So that it's just not not for me. But you know, if if you want to see the stars and get a chance to maybe have a drink with someone in the bar, because that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dragon Con is the place to be. Yeah. Can I just can I say briefly because since a, a lot of the girls on this program have been to Dragon Con, my feelings will not at all be hurt if you say anything negative about Dragon Con because. <laughs> There's there's just so much that goes on, but yeah. I think I think Andrea makes a really good point that there's so much diversity in types of conventions that something you know that really appeals to someone who's specifically going to see maybe authors or podcasters or things like that or want a really intimate experience, which is what I understand Balticon is like. Yeah. Versus something massive and crowded like DragonCon, which is just overwhelming since there are you know close to forty thousand people there. And that may be something that's just not at all for somebody. So yeah. it's it's great that there's so many different kinds of conventions that meet everybody's criteria of what's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, since you said that, Swoopy, <laughs> I will I will now admit my very worst convention was a Dragon Con. Doesn't surprise me, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sure no, you I mean, probably was... can remember which one. <laughs> Statistically, yeah. Statistically, it's it's you know it's bound to happen because there's more possibility for something crappy to happen. So, and 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 you know that's not surprising to me. But you know, I mean, it it is so big that every year it's a different experience. Yeah, it's amazing how it has evolved. I mean, not even in terms of just the number of people, but um, and I think they I think they specifically try and do that, and I'm sure most conventions do to change up what their theme is like you know one year the year that that steampunk really was huge i mean not that it's never not going to be huge now but you know it you just you can sense what everybody's really into because you see a lot of that and the guests reflect that as well so you don't ever hopefully never get bored even if you go to the same convention every year yeah we get a pretty good indication that dragon con is your favorite <laughs> have you ever been to one that you kind of thought you know i just don't need to go back to this convention it wasn't for me or this was you know the the organization was really bad or anything like that no, well yeah i i guess you just have to go with an open mind and you know don't be afraid to go to a convention i think is a good yeah. is a good point and and yeah then you can decide but but experience it first before you decide that's not for you I've been to StellarCon before. I think it's it's a little too, it's not quite enough for me to get excited about. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome, and there are a lot of really great people that go there, but I think it's also definitely targeted more towards, you know, people who are writing, you know, spec fiction and things like that. And it, it feels so intimate in a way that it's almost kind of clicky. And, mm-hmm. and that's really great, but also for people who are a little more shy or subdued or new... Yeah. That can be hard to get into. And so if, you, if you're if you new to cons and you go to a really huge one, 
you are facing the crowd, but that can be really comforting if you're afraid of being, you know, kind of standing out in your weird costume or whatever. I can guarantee you that at Dragon Con, you can wear anything yeah. and no one's going to think twice about what you're wearing. That's true. So, I mean, that's another good point about conventions is you're right. These people in, in smaller towns that don't have the opportunity to maybe, you know, go to other conventions or maybe rent fairs or yeah. are doing live action role playing or things like that. Yeah. This is the only chance that they have, like you said, to really be themselves. And it sure shows because everyone at a con is so unique. Yeah. Yep. M.A., how about you? Favorites and least favorites? Well, I've had good experiences and bad experiences. Balticon can be my best. And like this past year was a real disappointment for me. But I put that totally on my shoulders, you know, due to my own scheduling of events and being in an offsite hotel. It was ended up I was, you know, I just felt like I was scheduled opposite everybody and I didn't get to see or have the personal interactions that makes Balticon so special. Yeah. So, and in the same way, Wizard World Philadelphia was fantastic last year. We had all sorts of access and everything. And then this year when they put the Comic-Con brand on it, all of a sudden the numbers tripled and they had, the crowds were just something that I'm not used to and I get a little bit iffy about. And so that, it just seemed to me that they oversold Wizard World yeah. um, to the point where we couldn't get into, I couldn't get into any panel rooms to see anybody that I wanted to see, even though the stars they had were fantastic. Yeah. So my, but the best part about that was, is that I walked around the dealer's room taking stealth photos of all the stars. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Otacon this year right now is just, I think because I'm still on the high from last weekend, it was amazing. There were 29,000 people there. Hmm. And somebody pulled the fire alarm. So they had to evacuate 29,000 people from the Baltimore Convention Center. But there were no riots. There was no mass panic. People just went across the street and there was this one group that started up an informal dance party and everybody (laughs) was just dancing on the hill. And I have videos of it. It was fantastic. And everybody just stayed positive and happy. And that was one thing that we just, Dan and I remarked about it. it. There was such joy at that con. I think because it was a lot of kids that just don't have the outlet that they do. Yeah. And since the cosplay at Otacon is a really high percentage, I think that the joy of them just being able to express themselves was just fun to watch. Well, yeah, because you can dress up. But if you dress up and people recognize the character that you're dressed as, that's just mm-hmm. a whole another level of enjoyment. Oh, yes. I would say for... As far as my con enjoyment, you know, having been to Balticon for three years and been a participant for two, it's probably still my favorite just because of the social aspect. It's very tremendous. It also has a really extensive podcasting track. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are times that I've missed panels because I've bumped into somebody that I haven't seen for a year and we just talk. And mm-hmm. so I miss a panel I wanted to go to, but I'm really happy for that contact with that person. Yeah. Dragon Con, I don't even know that you can really, other than they're both conventions, it's really hard to really compare them to each other because Dragon Con is like going to like Disney World where, you know, you've got like, you've got the different hotels with the different events. So like Disney World has the different worlds that you go to. And it's just, <laughs> it you know, it depends on where you end up as to what type of experience you're going to have. And we lucked into having, you know, a bunch of our friends there. So we had a fantastic time. But we went into it with zero expectations. We didn't think, oh, we'll get into the Shatner and Nimoy panel. We'll get into, you know, all of these fantastic panels that a lot of people try to get into and couldn't. We just yeah. kind of went with the flow and we had an amazing time. It's an absolute
absolute spectacle. And I Mm -hmm. can't wait. I'm just devastated because we just decided that we're not going to be able to go this year because of finances. And I'm still in in mourning. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to go into hiding Labor Day week and I'm not going to be on Twitter or anything. I don't want to know the fun everybody's having. It's just going to hurt having been there and seeing it. You know, it's it's different once you've gone and you know what you're missing. I also really, 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 really loved PAX East. That was a fantastic con, but it was also, well, it was too small of a venue. Like you were saying, the Philly Comic Con, it was just too small. They Mm -hmm. had... You know, there was one situation where we got in line an hour and a half before the event started because we knew we were going to have to wait. And we got in, but that's a long time to sit in line. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. fantastic because everybody around you is playing games and you're talking about the comic strip and you're talking about everybody. It's a common language, you know. Mm -hmm. But even still, that's a long time. And they've already addressed that by saying next year they're going to have... Well, no, they're locked into the same venue for next year. The year after that, they're going to have a bigger venue. So they're already trying to accommodate that. Other than that, it was the most perfectly executed con that I've ever seen with the volunteers that they had and everything like that. Those three, PAX East, Dragon Con, and Balticon, I would love to do those every single year if the budget allows. I don't ever want to miss another one of any of those. Mm-hmm. But I've also been to Farpoint and RavenCon. And those were just smaller. It's a different vibe, you know. They were great. The podcasting track is smaller. And so, therefore, I felt like, you know, there's less for me to get. Because like Andrea, I'm not really going for the fan stuff. I go to learn stuff. Or if I haven't ever heard this podcast, I'll go so I can finally hear it. And it's kind of more fun on a live show. You get more flavor of what the people are really like than on a regular recording, I think. But I, th- I think I think DragonCon is organized really well. I think Balticon is, except for like Emma was saying, sometimes you're going head to head against other stuff that you want to go see mm-hmm. because you're sitting on a panel. Oh well, uh, I'll say that DragonCon has that problem times a million, though. Really, it's I mean, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing I get. That's my hardest part about doing any organization for yeah. DragonCon is people who are either scheduled on other tracks to be on panels or don't want to miss them, and you know, it it only comes to a point where you can only accommodate people so much and right. thankfully everybody's so good about working with it I, you know I've had people swap and say yeah you can go to this I'll change times with you but yeah that's that's the thing about being a con attendee that always drives me crazy yeah. is I want to see everything and there's just no way to do it and thankfully I mean they do that so that you know there won't be a huge massive line for everything because people have to divide their time right and with DragonCon, it's so big going across the different hotels that you can go to one panel and be like, oh, well, I can make this other panel that's next. And it'll take you half an hour to fight your way through the crowds, you know, just to get over to the other place. So it's you really have to plan. You really, really have to plan for what you want to see and just hope that the scheduling works out for you. I think that's probably the best piece of advice you can give everybody. And I think that's reflective in what everybody said so far is just plan 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 know what you're mm-hmm. in for yes. you know look get a schedule as soon as you can you know and decide it is you're right exactly it's like going to disney world you have to plan mm-hmm. what you're going to see so that you can you can fit it all in and have time to hopefully get some sleep and and things like that so girl i yeah. got a whole system for that i i have to be really organized and drag chooch along with me so i've got a whole system that i do now for when we're going to cons but <laughs> on the other hand there's also something to be said about over planning yep. and, yes. and the disappointment that comes with over planning, um, yeah, especially with Dragon Con. If, if your plan is 
oh, I'm going to go see the Mythbusters. Mm -hmm. And you get there and the line is out the door and mm -hmm. down the down the street. Yeah. Well, if you've blocked out two hours for this particular event and you can't get in, yeah. have a backup plan or just be prepared to wander around and look at people until your next thing. If, mm -hmm. if you're so tightly scheduled and so tightly planned that you have no room for spontaneity spontaneity or you have no no room for you have no backup plans you have you know then you're going to walk away from that event with disappointment Absolutely. you didn't get to see a you didn't get to see yeah. b didn't uh, you know this room was too full and they didn't let more people in or you got there five minutes late and the door was closed yeah things happen be prepared for things happening yeah yeah, and I think it's I think it's interesting actually, and it's a very good point. So if Plan A doesn't come through for you, consider you know just walking into something completely blind. Yeah, and and you may discover something you know really fabulous. I I did that when exactly that happened. I was I was blocked out of a room that was too full, and so I just went to the next available room, and it turned out to be a discussion on some author with a book series that I'd never heard of, and it was really involving and interesting. So. Hopefully, you know, you can, you're right, leave room for spontaneity. Yeah. Great things can happen. Well, I think we've probably all heard the three, two, one rule for con attendance, which is three hours of sleep, two meals a day, and one shower a day. Because, you know, mm -hmm. you get some folks in the gaming room and it gets pretty stinky. So you Ooh, really yes. have to. And I used to be able to live like that. I have to get more sleep now because of the health issues that I've got. I'm more like a six, two, one, which is what Nobilis actually corrected me. He said, three, are you crazy? It's got to be six. But other than that, what would you say as far as guidelines or, or information that you'd want to give out as far as tips or tricks for the safety or the health side? Let's start with that little world. I, I have a very important one. Uh -huh. If you have any kind of food allergies or food issues or special dietary needs, bring your own food. Yeah. You never know what you're going to find. You don't know what's going to be close by. And especially if your food allergies are a life and death, life and death issue, mm -hmm. you don't want to turn your con weekend into a weekend at a strange hospital. Yeah. Yes. And that was actually one of the things that I wanted to say is to have your own food, because a lot of times you'll miss out on a meal chance because something comes up and you want to go to that instead. Or if you have blood sugar issues, but definitely if you have an allergy. Mm -hmm. Well, not to mention yeah. it's really expensive to buy food usually at the con, especially at Dragon Con. I mean, there's lots of places to eat downtown, but they're all going to be slammed. And all of the, the restaurants otherwise are located inside a hotel. Mm -hmm. And we all know how much, you know, hotel restaurants mark stuff up. Not to mention, mm -hmm. God forbid, you have to order room service when they add like 17% gratuity. So, yeah. you know, like bring, you know, if you can, like cup of noodles or instant oatmeal or whatever. Mm -hmm. I always mm -hmm. do that. And we use the in-room coffee pot to make hot water. Mm -hmm. And we always have like breakfast and late night dinner just in case. Yeah. So I always crave fruit mm -hmm. at the convention because usually there's none around. That's true. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and so I, I've always remembered to, you know, bring like some apples or something like that because I just, you, you want, after a while, you really want something real. And that's mm -hmm. hard to yeah. find at a convention as well. Because usually you can find burgers or hot dogs or, you know, greasy pizza. And it just, it really, 
if you have, if you're anybody that has any kind of health issues or, or if you're leaning towards, you know, trying to eat more healthy and you don't want to blow the whole weekend on whatever diet you're doing, you definitely need to bring that stuff along. And, and another thing that I've found is to avoid sodas and just drink water because you're walking around all the time. Typically it's really hot because of the press of bodies and plus the sugar and the caffeine crash that you end up with could really mess up like what your plans are. You may not make it mm-hmm. as long as you want to make it and you don't want to miss out on any fun. So just drink the water, stay hydrated. It's less tasty, but it's going to make your, I think your whole weekend better. Oh, I yeah. got a few other things. Yeah, go for it. Over-the-counter medicines, Advil, Tylenol, Tums, Excedrin, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Bring extra because there's always going to be somebody running around with a headache or stomach ache yeah. or a hangover and they're going to ask... And it's always good to be prepared anyway. That and for the girls, extra feminine products because somebody somewhere is going to need them. So I've always found that. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to agree with Jet. Yeah. Water's good. Um, Comfortable shoes, especially if it's a large spread out area. Unless, of course, your costume forbids it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you guys were talking about snacks and things, but don't forget the con suite because a lot of those, a lot of conventions have con suites and your badge cost goes to fund food that's there. So you can pick up a quick snack. Or you know, I never make it there. What kind of stuff do they have in there? Is it like chips and cookies and stuff or is there fruit? The, yeah. Cheese. They have chips cheese and, and cookies, fruit. cheese. Sometimes they'll have fruit. Um, there was one that I was that at around lunchtime and dinner time. They were actually making chicken nuggets in like a microwave oven or a, a toaster oven. And in the morning they had waffles. Mm, okay. Ooh, waffles. Um, and they did have they did have fruit and they have sodas and I think possibly bottled water. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but there was a Sam's Club right down the street, so I think that's where they went to stock up. Yeah. Anything else for health? No, no, not for health wise stuff. For safety stuff, which I think if there are women out there that haven't been to a convention yet, they may wonder. I don't know anybody else that would want to go with me. I don't have you know, a buddy or anything like that. Even if you know somebody from Twitter or Facebook, if you've had a chance to meet face-to-face, another female preferably, um, so that you feel somebody that you can, you know, buddy up with. But, you know, a lot of people share rooms and stuff. So I really recommend, if possible at all, to share with people that you know, at least if it's your, especially if it's your first time attending a convention, for obvious reasons. But I think it goes for men as well, because, you know, you, you kind of need to know that somebody in the room has your back. You want to make sure that you don't get into a situation with people that get super, super drunk and you're uncomfortable in the room when they're super, super drunk or anything like that. Try to have somebody that you're in contact with there at the con just so you have a sense of comfort. You don't feel like you're adrift and alone all the time. Yeah, I, we're pretty lucky. And I've had people write to me before they come to DragonCon for the first time to ask because they know that there are parts of downtown Atlanta that aren't as safe as others. Mm-hmm. And one of the reassuring things is because it's such a large event spread out over most of downtown, we have a really increased police presence during that time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you you, know, you can't cross the street and things like that. There are There are policemen pretty much on every corner. And I, I think they do it more because, you know, we don't usually have any incidents. It makes for really excellent people watching. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if you're ever concerned at a convention that your security has been compromised or there's somebody following you or anything like that, find someone who's a staff member 
Um, as we have a pretty large security presence and they wear shirts that say security. Um, tell them because there's a whole system in place whereby if something happens, you know, they will handle it or they will get law enforcement to help or, or handle it. And so you shouldn't ever feel unsafe at a convention. There are, there are things in place to make sure that your safety is assured. Absolutely. Anybody else have anything on safety? Twitter is my safety net. (laughs) (laughs) Help, I'm lost. No, it's true. Can someone find me? No, it's excellent. It really is. That's excellent. It's true. Let's see. Once once at, I think it was BaltCon, I was a little more intoxicated than I thought I was going to be. And uh, I I put out the call and I had some friends come and check me, check up on me in the room and... They tucked me in and took care of me. So, yeah. Yep. Twitter is my safety. I would also say that you don't want to bring expensive items unless they're absolutely mm-hmm. necessary. You want to leave grandma's diamond earrings at home. You don't want to bring them. You don't want to risk losing them. If you have, you know, your gadgets, your smartphones, your, your, you know, iPods, your netbooks, whatever, you ought to keep them with you all the time because even if your roommates are trustworthy, if they're running around and they run up to the room and they have someone else with them and they run to use the bathroom, you don't know the person that they brought with them. And you just want to make sure you don't end up missing an item or two or something getting spilled on it. You know, just leave that expensive stuff at home and mm-hmm. bring yeah, a surge definitely. protector. Bring a surge protector. Bring a surge protector. Oh, yes. There are not oh, yes. enough outlets in the room. We brought two with us last time to Balticon because we had two roommates and, you know, it's cell phones, it's laptops, it's iPhones or, or I mean, iPods and digital camera batteries and all kinds of stuff. Bring a surge protector. Definitely. I keep one in my suitcase That's what all we the do. time, constantly. I should yep. do that. Yeah. It made it even when we went to California to visit family, we ended up taking two surge protectors because they were still in the suitcases. And you know, with us and the three boys, every one of those slots was filled. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't even a hotel, it was a house. It was just easier to have everything in one spot. Yeah. And then, like Jet brought up, you know, a lot of people do drink alcohol. They just really take it as an opportunity to cut loose. They don't have to drive anywhere because they're staying at the hotel or they're at a walking distance hotel. And just, you know, really try to make sure that you're not left alone to wander by yourself. Because I know I was really worried when I saw that the next day. But because I was imbibing myself, I wasn't watching Twitter <laughs> to see mm-hmm. if anybody was having trouble. And, yeah. And Chooch and I actually will kind of say, oh, you know, I don't really think I'm going to do anything but have maybe a beer or two. So you go ahead and cut loose. So we actually kind of tag team it almost like a designated person to steer you through the hallways rather than a driver. To try mm-hmm. and just, you know, if you if you have somebody like that that you can help look out for, they can help you look out for you. You can both have your time to act crazy, but, you know, you're still safe, you know, and fun. Not that, I mean, nothing's ever happened. I've never had anything scary or bad happen at a convention. You know, it's just been minor inconvenience stuff. But, you know, it, it just, I always worry, you know, I'm a worrier. So, especially for somebody that hasn't been and don't, they don't really have people that they're in touch with to just take caution with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like anywhere else. You got to make sure that you can take care of yourself. I think that's why everybody was, and it made such big news, and everybody was so concerned when reports came out that there'd been some sort of violent activity at Comic Con this year that somebody had reportedly gotten stabbed with a ballpoint pen, etc. Mm-hmm. Because things like that at conventions just generally, surprisingly, don't happen because you're with people yeah. of, of like mind. Yeah. You know, we're 
we're nerds are pretty peaceful people. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff, even, even when you're standing in line for, for hours and things like that, and you're in close quarters, it's really amazing how few incidents like that ever happen. And so, so to have it come up, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't definitely be safe as, as much as possible, but if you're unsure about that, you should really feel that like these conventions generally as a rule are extremely, you know, extremely low key as far as, as bad incidents. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think we all probably know that conventions can be really expensive. Yes. There are a lot of hidden costs. And if y'all have any tips that you want to share for people getting their money's worth or how not to get hit by too many hidden costs, we'll let them know now. They won't be hidden. Mm -hmm. M.A., you want to go first? Mine would just be bring your own snacks and things like that. And if you can, bring a water bottle. That's one thing that I wish I'd brought to Otakon was a refillable water bottle. Because they did have, most cons now have a water place that you can refill bottles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, saved if I wish I would have had one. But we also brought food and snacks. I had dried fruit and nuts Mm -hmm. and a meal bar so that i would snack on during the day yeah that's it what i it's, do it's like going camping isn't yeah. it i mean you have to think <laughs> really about it. Is. You're, you're going to be away from a civilization for x number of days <laughs> you should make sure you have food and water and comfortable shoes yep. because you, you're, you you're not going to get to civilization yeah and that you don't carry too much yeah my first day at otakon i carried too much and my bag was heavy so you have to make sure that you pack lightly because you're probably going to pick up stuff at the dealer's room. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's another thing is plan when you're going to shop because if you buy the big Carcassonne big box at the beginning of the day, yeah. most likely you're going to have to haul that thing around all day. So think about it before you buy. Yeah. How about you, Andrea? Any tips on saving money or making sure you get your money's worth? I, I, food is the only hidden cost, really. I mean, everything, you know how much your hotel costs, you know how much your ticket costs. Uh, food is the only hidden cost. Well, for me, going through the autograph lines, I didn't know that they were going to charge. Mm, yeah. So I had a stack of DVDs for Miss Felicia Day to sign, 20 bucks a piece. So, you know, oh, really? That, did yeah. she charge? Oh, I did not know that she charged. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was a hefty fee that I didn't anticipate because I, I had eight DVDs for her to sign because I was giving oh. them out as gifts. So See, was, now I'm, I, I anticipated that. My, my first Dragon Con um, was a milestone birthday for my father. And I went, one of my goals was to get an autographed picture of Aaron Gray. Mm. um, Because my dad has always been in love with Aaron Gray. Yeah, haven't we all? And, (laughs) you know, I kind of, I I just guessed in my mind that it would be about 50 bucks. Yeah. And it was a lot less than, I I think maybe it was 20. In this day and age, I think everyone should be aware that stars charge. I didn't have a clue. I had no idea. I was so excited. I grabbed my DVDs. I ran and got in line. It never even occurred to me. So well, that's I why think- I throw it out there. I mean, if I hadn't had a wad of money in my pocket, there would have been some less fabulous Christmas gifts that year. They would have been Bring- fabulous, but not as fabulous. Have cash. Yeah. Have Very good point. cash. Because that was, that was an issue at Otakon last weekend. There was two costume items that Dan and I wanted to purchase, and we didn't have the cash 
to do it. And when we were trying to scrape it up, by the time we got back to the table, when once we had scraped it up, one of them was gone. Yeah. So carry cash, carry lots of cash and carry it in different places. Don't put it all in one place. And for the dealer's room, you know, that's something definitely to mention is that there is some fantastic stuff there. Basically, Dragon Con had every type of anything that I had ever wanted that wasn't <laughs> like set in gold in a diamond spark. You know what I mean? They didn't have like fabulous glamorous jewelry or anything like that, but that was it. They had all the firefly stuff. They had fairies. They had dragons. They had crazy t-shirts. They had everything that my little heart goes pitter-pat for. And but you have to have a strategy. You do have to you, have a strategy. You can't just walk into the dealer's room and buy the first thing that catches your eye. You have to go in. You have to make the big circuit. You have to kind of plan out, oh, I liked that over at booth one. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to come back. Because a lot of the booths have some of the same things at different prices. Yes. Some of the, you know, and, and um, sometimes they'll put things on sale towards the end of the con because yep. they don't want to take the stuff home with them. Exactly. Yes. So, yes, y- yes, you can, yes. yeah, you can't just leave your money in the hotel the first time you go through. Unless there's something <laughs> that you're looking for specifically that you're worried about selling out quickly. Because when we went to find the pandemic expansion last year at Dragon Con, the vendors were selling out right and left. We found there were three of us that wanted to buy it. There was one copy. And yeah. if I weren't with gentlemen, I would not have gotten that copy <laughs> because it was your husband, Andrea, and it was also um, PG Holyfield. And we were all going, like, pouncing on it. And it was like, <laughs> give it to Viv. And I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But, you know, we all lunched for it. <laughs> Every one of us did. It was like, woohoo, we finally found one after being in the dealer room for two hours. So if it's something that you're worried about selling out quickly, I would say go that first day and try to find it. And otherwise, like Andrea said, just try and wait if you think it'll still be there for that last day because people are going to mark stuff down, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Boy am, I, boy, am I glad I don't have time to go to the <laughs> dealer's room anymore because, wow. yeah, I mean, it's such a, you're right, there's absolutely everything there. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a good place to drop a lot of cash. Don't forget the art show. Oh, also, oh, yeah. you know, you, and I never like made it to the art show. That was so disappointing. Original art and comics and things like that from all sorts of artists. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where that's where I would probably end up with a with a massive credit card bill as yeah. the art show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and also, if you have a smartphone, make sure you check eBay and Google because one of the things that we were looking for, I found it on eBay for cheaper than yeah. what it was at Oticon. Yeah. So, uh, we ended up just ordering it right there from eBay. <laughs> I would say as far as like saving money tips, though, really, and I'm sure it's the same with all conventions, the sooner you know that you're going, the better, because the sooner that you purchase your badge or your membership, and the sooner that you lock down a hotel room at a con rate, Yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing. I know so many people who even in the last two weeks have just told me that they just decided that they're coming to Dragon Con, Oof. and A... Oh. They're out of luck because there were two hotels that people were booked into that got bought by the university. And so all those people who had reservations in those, they weren't con hotels, but they were nearish by. They're now dormitories. So, you know, there's there's even less hotel rooms available mm. and there's certainly none left at the, the reduced con rate. And right. if you would have bought your badge in January, it's about half the price it is when you when you have to buy it at the convention. So that's another thing we're planning ahead really comes into play because, you know, like mm-hmm. airline tickets and everything else, the sooner you can commit, 
the better. And thankfully, I mean, if something happens and you already bought your badge, you can transfer it to someone else for a small fee. So, and anyone will pretty much always be able to take your hotel room from you. Yeah. So, you know, if, even if, if you're not sure you're going to go, you know, I, I, I would say do it ahead of time and, and save the money and you can sell it later if you have to. That's what we're doing for the upcoming year. We had our room reservation. We didn't buy the passes yet. I didn't realize they were transferable. Yeah, a lot of people don't. It, I think it's $20, but I had a couple of people who ended up not being able to come as well. And so they were able to transfer what they'd already purchased to somebody else. Mm, thankfully. That's cool. As far as getting um, your money's worth out of the con, you know, I said that I have a system as far as making sure that I know where stuff is that I want to go to. What I typically do is I get the pocket guide as soon as it's available. And Chooch and I will kind of go through it with a highlighter or our own color. And then we can figure out okay, this is, if I could see everything that I wanted to see, this is it. And then put a star on the stuff that you feel like is just can't miss or if it's a panel that you're actually on. And then then I take that and I actually load it all into Google Calendar so that I get pop-up reminders on my Droid phone. And, you know, if it pops up and says, you know, you've got 30 minutes until the Penny Arcade, you know, draw panel starts, you know, you really should have been in line two hours ago. So you've got to build in that padded time. But like Andrea said, you also want to look at that and say, you know what, I really don't feel like standing. Let's go through the vendor room and see what the giveaways are or go through the dealer room and see what's for sale. You know, it's not like you have to take each and every step you put in there. You know, you kind of mark it as things that you really want to see. And when it pops up, you're going to know if you're in the middle of a conversation that you're having a fantastic time or you've, you know, stumbled into something really cool and you look, you know, I don't really want to leave this to attend that. You just hit, you know, dismiss it and you go on and keep having fun. But at least you Mm -hmm. have a better, because I kind of get tunnel vision when I get inside the con and I'm seeing people and I'm seeing people in costumes and friends and, you know, celebrities or whatever. And I kind of forget where I am and where the next thing is that I'm going to. So I need my phone to, to, to be my brain, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I would think if you don't have a smartphone, most like hotels and convention centers, if you know where you're going, have a map online that you can print and bring with you. And so, I mean, like I didn't have an iPhone until this will be my this will be my first Dragon Con with a with an iPhone and it's going to be probably a problem but um <laughs> because I'll be one of those people looking at their phone all the time instead of talking to people <laughs> but you can still you know that's what I used to do is I would print the maps that are available online and bring them with me and so you don't have to worry about if you don't have a smartphone or you don't want to pay for you know roaming charges or something if you're out right. of your area you know bring it with you right hmm. Well, I also do like a sweep of the entire con area if I can. Like I just wander around so that I know where everything is. And that actually served me quite well at my first con at Balticon. I knew where stuff was. And so I ended up escorting guests when their handlers had gotten lost. So <laughs> <laughs> Now, costuming is another huge aspect for the con experience, the bigger the con especially. Mm-hmm. I really have only dressed in costume for new media parties at Balticon. I haven't really done any cosplay beyond that. And that's not, you know, it's not really cosplay, but I really don't have a whole lot to add to that. So if anybody wants to talk about, you know, costuming, cosplay, what to do, what, you know, pitfalls, anything like that. Jed, I know you've done costuming. Yeah, I can, I can start. Let's see. I, I have done costuming before not really cosplay i do did one actual character trying to portray an actual like in in stories character was kaylee from firefly Mm -hmm. 
Otherwise, it's just theme stuff, pirates, princesses, steampunk type stuff. The best thing to do is to plan your costumes where you won't have to have tons of stuff just spread out everywhere. And it's size is a different is a, is an issue too. If you're going to have this big, huge hoop skirt, don't go into small conference panel rooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and comfortable shoes if you have to wear your fancy high-heeled platform boots bring an extra pair of shoes to change into after a couple hours Mm -hmm. especially if you're going to go walking around other than that i really don't have any other things to add andrea do you have anything to add i don't do costumes at cons well, but you wear your beautiful everyday clothing because the few times I ever get to see you at Dragon Con, like if you're accompanying your husband when he comes into my room and it's like a breath of fresh air has just entered the room when you come in because you look so lovely. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Be prepared to have your picture taken. Yes. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Since, since the clothes I wear every day are a bit unusual, um, every time I go to a con, I am constantly stopped and asked, who am I dressed as? And can I take your picture? Mm-hmm. It always kind of freaks me out because I'm not expecting it because nobody does that in my daily life. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my clothes. Right. Well, you dress vintage all the time. So for a lot of us, that is that is really special and something we don't see every day. And when you're on the other side of the camera, which when you go to a con that has lots of cosplay, there is a sort of etiquette that you should use. You should make sure that you ask the person to take their picture because usually they will pose for you. Right. And then take the picture and then make sure you thank them. Yeah. And it's it's simple courtesy, but I actually I ran into, I had no problem when I did it at Wizard at Comic Con at Philadelphia Comic Con, but at Otakon I kept getting tongue tied because I was like, oh my god, it's that character, I love it, ah. Oh. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's just try to make sure that you're not just taking it on the sly because mm-hmm. you'll probably get a very good pose out of it, so you'll get a better picture. Yeah, absolutely. There were some folks at, at Dragon Con that it was like, oh, can I take your picture? And they had a specific stance and pose that they immediately flowed into. So they had yeah. not only put a lot of thought into the costume itself, but what they would pose as when they had pictures done. And I think that they appreciate being able to do that. Yes. Oh, and if, if the uh, the person responds, if the person you want to take the picture of is a douchebag, don't push it. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that happen a couple times at, at Dragon Con, and it just, you know, I mean, it kind of makes you upset because your first thought is, well, if you're wearing a costume, you should expect it. Yeah. But you you never know what kind of day they've had, and That's who true. knows, they may have started their party a little early in the day, <laughs> or what have you. Or, but haven't, yeah, or haven't finished it from the night before yet. Yeah, but you know, if it's if it's... If it's Wolverine and he's gone to the trouble of doing, you know, the 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 claws, you don't want to push him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anybody have anything else on costuming or photographing costumed people? 
I had a thought and now it's gone because I was thinking about exactly what you said, because it, I've ended up in elevators with people when the first year that the, the new Joker costume was really big. There were so many Jokers at mm-hmm. Dragon Con. And can I say that some of those people were in that costume because they identified with the strangeness of that character. And so, and, and, and kind of like, you know, true cosplay, they were in character and they weren't interested in breaking it. Right. And I think that's what happens a lot of times when you encounter somebody, they're not there in costume. They're there to be weird because it's okay for them to be weird there. Yeah. And so if, if you encounter somebody who is somewhat standoffish like that, it's kind of best to just, you know, let them be in their own little world and not, don't take it personally because yeah. it, it has nothing to do with you. It's, it's, it's all about them at that point. So, right. you know, just kind of move along and you'll see 5 million other people who are very excited to be noticed by you and to, mm-hmm. you know, be thanked that their costume is so awesome. And so... You know, just don't don't let it ruin your good time. Absolutely. Now, for those folks that have been participants or moderators or, you know, running the track, Swoopy, what would you suggest to people that are first time participants or have already done it before and maybe could use a few tips on what to do to make sure you do a good job for the people that are attending the panel? On being a good panelist? Yeah. Well, you know, what I will say, and I don't suppose it's not really, it doesn't go back to much of that, that cost saving thing. But in some cases, I guess it can be. If you have any sort of credential whatsoever, and you've been asked to appear on a panel, if it's possible, you really ought to apply for guest status. I encourage everybody to do that because you never know mm-hmm. what might come of it. Because the the way that guests are chosen at, at cons, all different cons, and especially Dragon Con is so diverse. You know, somebody with, you know, that you wouldn't think would be a guest can be a guest and someone you expect to be a guest might not be. Mm -hmm. And so it never hurts. I always tell people, go ahead and apply. And if you don't get it, don't feel bad about it because there are many amazing people in the same boat as you. But if you get it, the opportunity then to network with, you know, not only participants, but people in the green room and people in areas that other folks don't get to go to can be fabulous. So, you know, never underestimate yourself. If you've been asked to be on a panel, that's pretty awesome, and, and hopefully the people who are, are putting you on a panel will treat you that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the one thing. But being a good panelist is just really being yourself. I think active listening is important because it is a discussion. It's not just an opportunity, usually. Um, you're not the only one on that panel. And right. so it's the opportunity to learn from your fellow panelists, but not only that, but from the, the people in the room that are probably going to share their experiences. So it can be really exciting. You shouldn't be intimidated. I've never had anybody be rude to a panelist. Well, I have, I have one, but it wasn't even during a panel, so it doesn't matter. Generally, like, like everybody else at cons, people are just really nice and really open. And so, you know, if you're afraid of public speaking and you're nervous about being on a panel, it's actually a good way to kind of assuage some of that because the people are, are generally pretty open. So. Yeah. You know, like I said, just just actively listen to what's going on and contribute to the discussion. And that's that's pretty much what makes a good panelist for me anyway. M.A.? Be prepared. Know what you're talking about and have some points written down or at least have done some research on the topic if it's something you're not quite familiar with. But also active listening and also learning how to cut off the person that's in the audience that feels like they're a panelist. If you're moderating, especially. If you're moderating, especially, because there may be, in this situation, maybe people that don't have the social, you know, necessary social skills to realize that they're not on the panel and they try to take over the discussion. Right. That's really important, especially if you're moderating a panel with somebody who is famous. 
guests. We had some moderators that were really awesome at that when we did a panel about the guild with Felicia Day last year at Dragon Con, and there were notably quite a lot of boys who wanted to say, they started to say really nice things about her lovely, lovely skin. And, and the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't know if he wanted to wear it for a coat or what, but um, the moderator cut him off <laughs> and, and, and thanked him and moved on. So yeah. he, that's a very good point. If, if you're lucky enough to moderate, you've got to have a little bit of, you have to be a little bit strong-handed sometimes. And that's, that's hard. That's hard to do. You sometimes have to pull conversation out of people that are more reserved than others. So there's some, they're, you know, having moderated, you've got somebody that will talk the whole time. And if nobody else is talking, then they will keep talking just to make sure that there's no void. But so you've got to try and pull it out of the more reserved people. You kind of prompt them a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, I think once or twice I've heard people say, I'm attending this panel and apparently I'm the moderator too. So like, you know, MA said, be prepared, jot some thoughts down in advance. And also in case you end up moderating, you know, I there are panels that I've moderated where I've written down a whole long list of questions and I've got several that I just, okay, I don't think we'll get to these, but just in case we run through the others, have more than you think you'll need. And, mm-hmm. you know, be aware that if you're not moderating it, or even if you are, the discussion might not go exactly where you want it to go. So again, active listening so that you can keep up and and still be engaged in the whole thing. And don't talk for 20 minutes if you're on the panel. Be brief and make sure everybody gets their time in to share their viewpoints. That's just respectful. Yeah, panel discussions can be somewhat dry if you're if you're not careful which you know in in if anything happens and there's a lull and and you're just kind of stuck you know it's it always helps if you schedule somebody with some musical talent <laughs> never never underestimate like somebody breaking into song or yeah. you know dance or i'm, I'm serious it's yeah. it, it it's happened i have like when it's a, a time of day that isn't necessarily popular for a panel like dinner time or lunchtime, which if I had my way, I would never schedule anything at dinner and lunchtime or right. during the parade. But I just can't because I don't have enough time in the day. And so those panels are not as well attended as, you know, some other times. And so it's disheartening for the panelists and the for the few people that are there, you know, it's not as contributory an experience. So I try to, you know, like on Monday, the last day and everybody's exhausted. I have I have people doing, you know, filk and and music on Monday. Mm-hmm. So it's like if my brain's not working that's fine because people will be singing and hopefully because people will be singing people will be a little more up than than they otherwise would. Right. So you know <laughs> be creative yeah. when it when it comes to that if if you know anything goes at a con so just be creative. I think some of the best conversations definitely come from audience questions too. So that's frequently one of my favorite whether I'm on the panel or attending a panel getting that back and forth with the audience can be really fantastic and lead the conversation in places you didn't expect. Yeah. So that's a good point. If you're moderating, make sure you leave plenty of time for audience questions. And if you're in the audience, don't be afraid to ask questions right? because that can be, that can be a really fun experience, especially if you're at a panel with lots of celebrities and you get the opportunity to actually ask a question of somebody whose work you've really admired. It can totally happen at a con like that. Yeah. I've, I've, it's been so much fun to watch some people that I know stand in line to talk to, you know, people from Firefly or whatever. And I know they get such a charge out of it. Absolutely. I would also say if you're on a panel moderating or otherwise, turn off your cell phone. Don't check Twitter. You know, it's rude. Even if, you know, if somebody else on the panel is speaking and you glance down to send a text message, 
It's just disrespectful. Don't do that. I've seen that happen a couple of times, and it's it's insulting to the person on the panel. I also think it's insulting to the attendees. Mm-hmm. I wish in a perfect world that didn't happen, but it, I don't know. It seems almost unavoidable at this point. If you're sitting in the front row <laughs> and it's a small room, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, be be respectful of that. I don't know. The other thing about Twitter, though, is that it's really so many people during something going on. It always happens during the Parsec Awards. Yeah. Everybody's on Twitter yeah. talking about, you know, and somebody, it's great because somebody's live tweeting the event. Mm-hmm. And so they're sharing with the people who don't get to be there. So that part is nice. But I think you're right on the on the other end. Sometimes it feels like people aren't as quite as engaged with yeah. what's actually going on in the room with them as they are with everybody online talking about what's going on in the room that they're in. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a catch 22. I was really I, I got really frustrated seeing people on the panel texting. That's really what I was talking about, because I'm one of those. I'm sitting in this room. Come see, you know, I'll tweet from the room. But seeing a panelist tweet while we're, you know, having an active discussion in panel spacing out while someone else is talking, I think is just rude. Unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as, you know, if you're on a panel, it's typically because you've got, you know, whether it's a podcast novel or podcasts or some sort of a project that you want to promote. Um, There's different materials that you can obtain. There's a bunch of different places. Moo cards seems to be the one that most people tend to go for. You get like 100 moo cards for about 20 bucks. They're highly customizable. They're smaller than regular business cards. So they're really easy to slip around. Vista print cards you can typically get free. Other than you have to pay for shipping, they put their website really tiny letters on the back of it, but it's essentially free. Not as customizable, but it's a great way to get, you know, your your name, your project names, your web presence, your Google Voice number, whatever you want to give out. Those are really great promotion things, and you can set those out, you know, before the panel starts, and then afterwards people can come up and take them if they're interested. And I've even seen P.G. Holyfield took um, – the first couple chapters of his book, Murder at Abaddon Hill, put it on a CD with a nice cover and was giving those out so that, you know, people get home and they go, oh, wait, I've got this thing. Let me listen to it. So people are more likely to to follow up with your stuff if you give them something tangible that they have to then unpack when they get home. Do you guys have anything else as far as promotional material or anything that you can do at a con to help promote your projects? There are like index size cards that advertise they'll have like a some of them for books will have uh, a paragraph or two of a, of a beginning of a chapter or something just to kind of tease or uh, reviews synopsis of the book mm-hmm. whatever so the larger size ones are nice and then there's the books the bookmark sized cards and mm-hmm. CDs of of music if it's a filk artist or uh, DVDs of, I don't know, dance group, concert troupe or whatever, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Just little things that are interactive to a degree, uh, to one degree or another are are nice to have. Yeah. To just pick up, toss in a bag, or uh, stick it in your pants pocket, or whatever for later, yeah. just to remind you, like, oh, I remember this. I want to go check that out. What's their website again? Right. It's on the back of the card. Yeah. So that well, you, you don't even have to be a, a you don't have to be a guest or a participant or anything to bring your swag to most cons. Mm-hmm. Most places have like ton, I know Dragon Con's got tons of tables everywhere where people just leave their stuff, mm-hmm. um, flyers or business cards, or you're right, the postcards are really great. 
tons and tons of bookmarks I've seen. Those are really good. The guys who do the Signal podcast last year had um, temporary tattoos, which I thought was one of the most brilliant promotional things ever. Yeah. Um, because they had the little bottle of water and the thing, and they like, and it was this great, you know, serenity inspired tattoo. Which and who doesn't want mm-hmm. one of those if you're a brown coat? And so you know, and I, that thing lasted. I wore it all weekend and it didn't fade at all. So Very you know, cool. yeah. I mean. Don't be afraid to bring your swag, even if you're just attending, because there'll probably be a place for you to put it. Yeah, that's true. Andrea, MA, anything you want to add here? The most successful swag I've ever had were the buttons that I did. I did buttons for both Fanboy Hell and Better Late Than Never. And so I had people that, and we put them in a little, like, we made a little package, so it looked like a little toy package. Mm -hmm. And so then people were wearing our buttons around the whole time. So that was neat. I've got mine on my bulletin board. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's that's where I put all my little buttons that I get every year. They're there. I keep them. I keep every yeah. single one of them. And I think that's that's a good point. Buttons are fabulous because you have a lanyard usually, right, with your badge on exactly. it. Yeah. And so who doesn't want to put like as many pieces of swag and stuff on their lanyard to like, I don't know why we do it, just to be the most you know decorated <laughs> sneech on the beach. But but we do it, and it's mm-hmm. so much fun. It's my one of my favorite parts of con every year is all the buttons that I get. Con yes. flare, <laughs> flare. That's it. That's the word I was looking for. Andrea, was there anything that you've picked up at a con that you thought was a really good promotional item, or? No, I I don't pick that stuff up. <laughs> The flare does not go with her vintage wear. That's if it was, true. If it was vintage flare, I think that might be something else. Oh, see, oh, you're spot on. It, it usually doesn't go with my outfit. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that one. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to ruminate on that one for a while. Well, I, that's all that I have. Does anybody have any comments or questions or anything that they want to discuss on this topic? The overall topic, not just vintage flare. how about can i'd want to hear what everybody's like best thing that's ever happened to them at a con in you know like two minutes or less okay this this is the best thing ever so so i come out of my room at at dragon con i was in the hyatt on the top floor looking down and out from the room next to me comes eric estrada (laughs) So he comes and he he comes up to the to the uh, the banister or whatever and looks down at at the you know people down below and I'm looking at him and being a hairdresser I'm looking at his hair I was trying to figure out if he had a toupee mm. <laughs> you know that's that's what hairdressers do and I noticed that he looks amazing huh. you know I'm sure he's had work done right. but he doesn't look too tight he doesn't look shiny he does he doesn't look like he's had a lot of work done so i looked at you know and i just said mr estrada you look fantastic (laughs) and he flashed that big white (laughs) smile at me and he said oh sweetheart you just made my weekend (laughs) oh that's so sweet (laughs) that's awesome I don't think anybody's going to be able to top that. No. I know, really. Yeah. <laughs> I've squeed and piddled all over Felicia Day as I've fangirled, but I think that we had a really great conversation. Chuch and I did at Farpoint. Lee Ehrenberg was there, one of the the L.O. Poppet 
pirate from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And we had such a really cool conversation with him that that probably was more personal than the conversation I had. Well, I met her at DragonCon and Farpoint. And while she says she remembered the conversation and the things that we talked about at DragonCon, you know, you kind of wonder, yeah, probably she doesn't. She's just being nice. But I really enjoyed that conversation with him about blended families. And so that was cool. That That's no big Eric Estrada, big grin story. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't have anything close to either of those. How about you, Swoopy? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I don't know. There's been, I've been, I'm in kind of a different, I get a lot more access to the, the people, right. but I don't get to spend any time with them. So that's the other thing. I mean, I did get to spend a little bit of time with Felicia Day last year, but, you know, it's it's just really cool. It's one of those things that I didn't before expect, but once you start going to cons that you realize it really does happen that you end up, you know, in elevators and, and things like that or right next to, you look at somebody and, you know, it's like, wow, Brent Spiner was just walking past me on the street. It yeah. is kind of surreal. Mm-hmm. And, and those things can happen to absolutely anybody at absolutely any time at yeah. any convention. And so that's one of the, the great things. If, you know, fan spotting or interesting conversations with people that you thought were completely inaccessible to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it totally happens. In 2005 at Dragon Con, one of the things we have, and I think other cons have them too, it's called the Iron Artist. And you get two artists together and they do it like Iron Chef style. And so mm. the crowd shouts out, you know, what the subject will be in the style. And then in an hour, these guys make, usually it's paintings, and they go at it. And at the end, you get to bid on the, the painting. And the one that ends up going for the most money is the winner of the Iron Artist and all the money goes to charity. Wow. And so Ted Napia who does, um, among other things, like Courtney Crumrin and um, Gloom Cookie and things like that, and William Stout, who, if you've ever had a dinosaur book in, like, the 70s or 80s, that's really good. He probably did it. Mm. And so the the secret ingredient was penguins. And the, <laughs> the style was supposed to be, like, vintage airplane nose art from, like, bomber planes and stuff like that. And so these guys made these these two amazing paintings. You just got to stand there, sit there and watch, and there's a panel of people get to comment. And actually that year, Murr Lafferty was one of the people that got to do commentary. Tracy Hickman, I think, was the MC, mm-hmm. And so it was really fun. And I got way caught up in it. And I ended up having the highest bid on Ted's painting at the end. And so I've got this painting in my room now. And it's like this cheesecake painting of a blonde wearing black heels and panties and nothing else. And she's she's got her hands on the top of this penguin's head. <laughs> and it, it says, you know, we'll warm them up for you. And it's very, it's very kind of 40s. It's really awesome, but it's wow. kind of weird. And so I got to meet him because I bought it. And, uh-huh. you know, he was so happy that I bought it. He gave me some original art from from Gloom Cookie that's on a one sheet. And so I, I came home with all this art that I never expected to have. And I got to meet these people. And I got involved in this experience that was completely, it was one of those things that was a complete surprise. And so that's just, I mean, cons can be so many different things. Yeah. And there's, that's there's definitely very something. cool. It was. It was very cool. And and I'm so sad because I never get to go to that anymore. Aww. It's on, it's, it's on um, I think it's always on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so check it out if you go to DragonCon. Check out Iron Artist. Very cool because I'd never heard of it. Of course, I've only been to the one. But yeah, that sounds really cool. It is. Anybody else want to share a special moment story? I can't think of anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one. It's hard. <laughs> There's so many, like, you know, big moments at conventions. It's hard to think of just one. And 
nothing really does touch a Strata story. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, really. <laughs> We've got that bar set and it's just like, oh, well, this was really, but it was no Strata. Oh, but you know, when we're talking about celebrities, though, I guess that's one of those things. I also have regrets because as a shy person, there's been so many opportunities for me to talk to somebody like an Eric Estrada moment. Yeah. And if, if I were Andrea, I wouldn't have been brave enough to say anything. So I wouldn't have had that moment. Yeah. And so there's like, I know there were just tons of people that, you know, I had the opportunity to see like previous years or talk to and they were like feet away from me. And I totally didn't do it because I chickened out and I've always regretted it. So, you know, those people are there because they want to talk to their fans. And so, you know, don't, don't chicken out if you get an opportunity, you know, be brave because you'll probably have, you know, a really good outcome and an interesting experience that you wouldn't have had. So don't chicken out. I actually had one of those moments at at PAX East because Chooch and I had just sat down to get something to eat and we saw Gabe, well, Mike, but on the comic strip, he's the Gabe character. And he was standing about 10 feet away and he was talking to some people. We knew that we were going to go to their autograph event later and I was being really shy and I was like, no, no, you know, let's just let him talk to his people. Let's not interrupt or anything like that. And then he left and then when we actually did the autograph event, there were like 3,000 people in line. So it was just very pass the book, sign it, pass the book, sign it, no time to talk, no time for pictures, no time for anything. And so I was like, kicking myself for not taking that chance to go up and talk to him. So that's, that's absolutely true. Be respectful, but approach them. You never know. I mean, you could end up having a great conversation with them, or they may say, look, I'm really busy right now. But you don't know until you approach them. Mm hmm. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I am going to be putting links up on the show notes. So I'm going to make sure that you guys can find these fabulously interesting women and follow their projects in the future. So thank you, ladies. Thank you you so much for inviting me. Thank you. I never get to do this. I never get to just like talk about like geeky fun stuff with other girls. And so this was just completely awesome. I'm so glad because I'm definitely going to pull you in in the future. I see you on future episodes, Swoopy. You're psychic. Wow. I'm going to talk to people at Skeptic Magazine. That's that's amazing. No, anytime, anytime. I'm I'm completely excited, and I'm sad that I don't get to see you and Chooch at DragonCon this year, but you know the thing about DragonCon? It happens every year. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. It's going to be here. We're booked until 2014 at least. So, you know, it's fine. We're, we're not going anywhere. And so we'll wait. Whenever you guys can come back, we'll be happy to have you. Well, I'm already planning for next year. <laughs> sniffle, sniffle. <laughs> I think we'll definitely be there next year. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And hope you all have a great night. Thank you. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Girls Rules. You can find information, comment on episodes, and subscribe to the podcast at girlsrules.org. You can contact me by email at girlsrulespodcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 717-347-8537. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 license, You are free to make copies and share this podcast to your heart's content, just not modify or make money from it. Theme music is provided by Emma's Many, found on magnatune.com.